Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My colleague across the table is Bruce Aldrich. We've been friends for quite a number of years now. He produces the podcast. He takes images for my website. He asks really good questions of our guests, and somehow we've been doing this for almost 200 episodes, almost four years. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, which is the San Jose Mercury and the East Bay Times in Walnut Creek. And I edit and publish the website, theweeklydriver.com. If you like what we do on our podcast, please visit my website. We have a new feature. It's called Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. You push the button and you can help support our podcast um, as you wish. It's a nice new feature, so take a look at that if you choose. And um, today, <clears throat> we're going to talk about my experience of, um, for the first time in about 35 years, I had a chance to cover an IndyCar race. Bruce, I know that you and your wife, Aline, are big fans of IndyCar. You'll, well, you like a lot of motorsports, NASCAR, IndyCar. So I just was mesmerized, um, even as an old guy here, going back to something I haven't seen for a long time. I went to the... Um, WeatherTech, excuse me, I went to the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey at WeatherTech Raceway in Laguna Seca for three days and watched um, that race, and I was just uh, immersed. <laughs> Let's just call it Laguna Seca, Laguna for, Seca. for the rest of this conversation. It, ha it has, uh, let me see if I get this right, it's Firest Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey at Weatherstone Weather Tech, Weather yeah. Tech Raceway, Laguna Seca. Yeah. From now on, known as Laguna Seca, it's so so much so easier to say, and that's it's been so many different names over the year, it's hard to keep track. But anyway, well, Firestone d d is the, uh, the the sole maker of the tires for the IndyCar series. So, that's right, so and that's why they had to throw the Firestone in. Right, and it it also is the title or partial title of many of the other races in the series uh, in other parts of the country. So, yeah, Firestone's the the major deal here the tire provider other yeah. than ntt which i had to look up ntt is the uh telegraph company uh japanese telegraph uh technology company sponsor is the title sponsor of the indycar series well and, there's a lot of technology going back and forth yeah. between the car and the pits yeah so. ntt um so anyway i had a good experience down there and uh and you actually interviewed a driver yeah and that driver happened to win it was a, his name is Colton Herta. I I truthfully have to just full disclosure. I didn't know who he was. I know he's a very prominent writer, and I got to interview him. It was an un, it was a very fortunate situation. I got down there on Friday. With, <laughs> a rider. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, with driver. The, driver. Rider. Right with the R I D E R. But driver. I said rider. Right. Driver. Okay. Yeah. We'll motorcycle call. driver. Uh, and motorcycle rider, race car driver. Um, anyway, I was scheduled to interview him, and the public relations person was going to set me up with a an interview um, in in the pits in his area. And but as it turned out, he had a very fast practice uh, run, and they brought him into the media area. So he he came to us, and afterwards, I had a chance to interview him one on one, and I was very impressed by this young guy, 21 years old. He's from Southern California area. And um, I interviewed him after a group interview, and as it turned out, he won the race. So it was, it was very fortunate um, that uh, we got to just watch this guy in the end of his coming to the end of his third season as an IndyCar 
uh, driver. And um, boy, what a legacy he already has at, at 21 with the things that he's done. And his father is, um, you know, the guy who's on the phone with him, uh, on the ear, earphones with him all through races. He's in the pit box. <clears throat> he's yeah. in the putt box. And uh, he, his father won twice at Laguna Seca in his career. Um, his father's 51. He's 21. Um, it's just a really good father-son family story. Uh, and they interviewed the father during the course of the, the event and prior to the event and after the event. And of course, they interviewed Colton. So the point of all this is I interviewed the guy who ended up winning the race. And, and I was just duly impressed by how well-spoken he is, how he was in the moment when you're talking to him. He looked at you. He didn't mind any question. He stayed there for as long as you'd want. And uh, at age 21, I was pretty impressed by this young fellow. And here's a short clip of my interview with Colton Herta. Can you take me back to May when you had that practice session at Indy? Is that a lot of water under the bridge when that situation occurred with the photo session? Does that still stay in your no. mind or is it long gone? <laughs> no, it's long gone. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say about it. You know, I think what happened happened and, mm-hmm. you know, it was glad that nothing serious happened and the car was fine. Sure. So, um, Maybe it was almost a good thing that it happened, so that nobody okay. tries to do it again. Gotcha. And, and when you when you won the Indy race and you were the youngest, mm-hmm. when when someone of your caliber in, in in your sport or any other sport has such success in an early age, they immediately make comparisons. Right. The next Tiger Woods, the next Jack Nicholas, the mm-hmm. next what would it be? AJ Foyt? I don't know. Um, did you feel that? And and did you care one way or the other? No. Um, See, it doesn't really matter who you're compared to because mm. you want to do as good as them and you want to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being compared to them when you've only had one race win, it didn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it does to some people, but for me it didn't. Um, it was nice, but, you know, it's kind of it was kind of weird to be compared to some people when you have one race win and they have, right, like 40 plus. Gotcha. So um, I didn't really see it that way. I was happy that people mm-hmm. thought that, but you know, there's a lot more work for me to do, sir. Thank you. There's a lot more work for me to do to get where I wanted to be, um, mm-hmm. and still is. Gotcha. Um, in motorsports, particularly, I'm old enough to remember Bobby Ray, and we're mm-hmm. reporting on Bobby Ray Hall now, of course, it's Graham, and with your father, and many other motorsports mm-hmm. athletes come from, you know, older brothers, fathers, grandfathers. Right. Um, since you're what, in their fourth season now? Of this, this is my third season. Third season. Um, how has that changed, if it has, with your, your dad's there all the time, pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he calls strategy for the races. Yeah, he's always yeah. on the pit box. Um, it's cool in a race weekend like this, where mm-hmm. he's had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he knows a bunch about this track. And mm-hmm. Actually, most of the tracks that we race at were still tracks that we've been running on for the last you know, 40, 50 years. So, yes. Um, yeah, it's awesome to have him there on the box. It was a little weird at first hearing his voice over the radio. Yes. Um, but now I've gotten used to Take it. Take out the garbage, Colton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but now it's, I've resist. gotten used to it. So, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, I guess, lastly, um, fathers and sons have special relationships. And this kind of dovetails onto the last question. Um, I read a couple of stories about you that your temperaments, you have a little bit more temper, if you will, or mm-hmm. you can get a little hotter or more competitive than your dad was. was mm-hmm. Is that true? And, and if it is true, can you explain that? Um, 
To be honest, I don't know mm -hmm. how my dad was when I, yeah. you know, he stopped in 2007. I was only seven years old. Yes. So that side of the sport was never shown to me. I didn't mm -hmm. really follow it that closely. I see. Um, so I don't know. I definitely get mad at people. <laughs> yeah, they, they piss me off. Yeah, I get mad. But, um, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is it never interrupts my driving. Gotcha. You know, it's fine to be upset at somebody, but the point it's where part it, of competition, it, I guess. Yeah. yeah, the point where it starts to tick your driving is that's where it's not okay. I guess, and lastly, you've had a. Looking at some of the results, you, you won early on. Mm -hmm. You've had some not-so-good uh, weeks. Right. Do you think the last two races, is it maybe too strong of a word to say a salvation of a season, but how do you see the last two races since you're not in contention for the championship? Um, you know, I'm just excited to try to win both of them. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had plenty of opportunity to win this year. You mm -hmm. know, three or four races on top of the win that we already had that Mm -hmm. races that I truly think we should have won and for one reason or another we just didn't so um, it's a little upsetting for how the year's gone but yeah I think you definitely focus on these last mm -hmm. two weekends and, and getting the best result we can you know I'd love to finish on the podium for both of us mm -hmm. at the minimum but you know yes. I'd love to win both of them that's the goal okay thank you for your time yeah, no mm -hmm. thank you. he won earlier in the year uh, a few months back in um St. Petersburg, Florida, I believe it was. And then he had some misfortune. He crashed. Uh, he had some strategy uh, misfortune. And he was, you know, he had a, a chance to win, as he said, three or four other races and he didn't, that he didn't win. So he wasn't in contention for the overall series uh, championship. And that's kind of why I asked him. I, I said, I used the wrong word. I said, not really a salvation of your season, but how do you view it? And that's what you just said he said yeah i'm not in it for the championship but <clears throat> i'd like to win both series so he's got a fast car he's got That's a very point. fast car yeah. <clears throat> and um boy i think that going back to the father son um having been around a lot of athletes i always wonder about father-son relationships and um his father did talk about you know sometimes i'm i'm his father and sometimes i'm his boss and that relationship must be really interesting. And I'd like to know more about that if I would ever be around them more. I won't be at Long Beach, but um, I would just like to see how that plays out uh, with their future. I mean, he qualified second for Indy this year. Um, I'm sure he's going to have a long career. And he's already been asked to go to Formula One, but he has a contract, I think, through next year with his current team. Really, Formula One. What team do you know? Do no, uh, I read a couple of stories just in brief about because they know he's so talented that they've asked him to go up. Um, I wouldn't. I don't say go up. I guess it's would be considered a, a, a higher, the highest level, right? Well, yeah, on the national <clears throat> stage, they yeah. always the pinnacle is Formula One. Um, there was a couple of guys racing this weekend that uh, I was unfamiliar with that have that are previous F1 drivers, and they were now they're racing. Um, Indy cars, so the whole thing to me was uh, not only was it the father son. The f oh, the other part about it is his father, uh, who won twice at Laguna Seca, as I mentioned, was the guy who Alex Zanardi passed in the famous race at Laguna Seca. They just call it the pass on the corkscrew on the last lap. Uh, Alex Zanardi passed him to win the race, and if you look at the, the video of it on YouTube, which I did, 
it shows a move that was banned <laughs> after that. Um, definitely going into the infield on that turn eight with, what, three turns to go after what, that. What, he cut across the lawn or something? Pretty much. And uh, so his father was the guy who ended up finishing second that year. But in it, and come back and won the, the event twice um, in subsequent years. So there's all these, the story of the family just keeps getting better and better uh, and how they, <clears throat> Laguna Seco is kind of the extended backyard. He was raised in Valencia by Santa Clarita. Long Beach would be his closest. It's only, what, an hour away. Um, so he's finishing up the season on his home turf, if you will, with the Long Beach final this weekend. Different kind of course, so um, we'll see what happens. I, it's I've a got street course. Street yeah. course. I have got. I have this renewed interest now because I got to meet this young guy, and um, he was pretty impressive for his age. A friend of mine goes to that every year, so... I hope they continue to have Long Beach. I, I don't know what the status is down there. You said there's a, a status update on uh, Laguna Seca, right? Yeah. I, while I was down there, I went in on Sunday morning, and they forwarded a press release to the media, and it was a contract renewal, uh, and it said multi-year. It didn't say the length of the contract. So I went and asked the public relations guy if he could tell me, and he he made he didn't say anything. He made... He put his hand up and with three fingers, so I knew that it was a three-year contract, and he kind of winked at me. So three more years. Three uh, more Indy years. IndyCars down at Laguna Seca. WeatherTech, Laguna Seca. Yes, and not only that, but at least for next year, it'll be the season-ending race. Finale race. Finale race. Oh. And, um, but from what I read, the uh, series is getting more and more popular because I think it'll be 14 events of the 17 will be on NBC. So that's a lot of racing. On the other ones, will be on. Um, that's a good TV contract. Then. Good TV contract. Long Beach, since you mentioned, Long Beach is moving to April, and there's um, some unusual thing. Uh, uh, Iowa's going to have a double header. They're going to return to Detroit. Um, so there's a there's some differences in the schedule. For Laguna Seca, the, I met actually just when I was leaving the weekend. I met the CEO of the racetrack. First time I ever met him, and. He said he was very happy to get the season-ending race. So they're trying to mix it up kind of like NASCAR did. I guess. I don't know much about so, NASCAR. Yeah. yeah, NASCAR. Maybe they're going to put dirt down on one of the ovals, huh? Maybe that's like it. Like NASCAR did. Um, so you you tell me, Bruce. You know a lot. I mean, you followed the sport a long time. I mean, I know IndyCar racing from the Indy 500, like everybody else. Watched it for years and years and years. We talked about this once before, and we did a, a – um, podcast on the author of the book that we had on a while back and the split indie split indie yeah. split and champ cars versus indie cars yeah so now i'm i'm got this i have this new, renewed interest in how the sports i guess it's getting more popular again it's coming into it seems to be yeah yeah so um what have you watched any races this year at all what do you what do you what do you what's your take on it well they got nicer looking cars so yeah <laughs> i like it better and maybe that's a, a feeling that a lot of people have they yes they have a halo around them like Formula One cars. And so they, they're a good-looking car now. Yes. For a few years, they got, I thought, kind of pretty ugly in, in the name of safety. Yes. So I guess they were safe, safer, but uh, they, didn't, they didn't look like proper open-wheel race cars. Now they do. Yeah, they do. Um, it was interesting to walk into Laguna Seca, and uh, as you walked down the hill toward where the media center was, 
there's a cyclone fence, and there must have been 15 or 20 people because it looked like it was very close at that, how the racetrack is set up, that you could take a really nice video of them coming through the finish area and going up some of the early turns. And uh, it was, I mean, all things considered, it was pretty close. And you could see them accelerating up the hill, and it was, I thought, well, now I kind of get this. This is interesting. How loud are the cars? I haven't been to one this year, so I, I don't know. You know, it, for me, it was um, it was not as loud as I thought. It wasn't like with uh, MotoGP. That was the, like, maybe the loudest I've heard. But then again, I was in a media room, which was on the infield. And um, it was, to me, it was... It was very tolerable. It wasn't um, like, oh, my God, I can't stand this loud. It was, I can't, I really understand. And, and it, the roar of the engine was, was great. It was a good sound. <laughs> it was a good okay. sound, yeah. Good. yeah. Um, uh, the, I couldn't get a crowd estimate, uh, but it was three days um, with Indy Lights also there. And um, that was kind of fun to see. Young guys coming up and different different series and that was included and then they had IMSA um, some IMSA racing there um, another series came in at the last minute to be part of the so you you pay your f ticket and weather was perfect next year I'm going I'm going to take a camper down there there you and, go and stay all three it days. was uh 71 degrees on, on race day when the race started at 12 30 it was 71 degrees blue sky and they said the racetrack was 101 so there was a 30-degree difference between the air temperature and the racetrack itself. Maybe that's very common. I don't know. Wow. And you said there was some dis discussion on tires. It was a real issue between all three tires, apparently. Rain tires, red tires, or the primary tires. I didn't hear much discussion about the rain tires. Okay, so it was dry <clears throat> enough. Yeah. There was misting. but it In the morning session. Okay. And, uh, yeah, they changed. They said, uh, uh, the guy said that the morning session didn't help them in the least because the fog had lifted and the mist was gone and the sun was out. So all I heard was black and red tires. And that was being a little naive. That was interesting to hear. That's all they talked about. And, um, you know, uh, um, a new, I'm, I'm making this up, but it's a new red tire worked better than a black used tire or a used black tire worked better than a new red tire. And they kept going back and forth. And the helmet cams in the cars, when they showed that and they showed guys spinning out or they showed guys really struggling with the, the small little steering wheel, it was really interesting to see. And I could see how the public watching that would say, those guys are barely turning it's like an inch or two on the wheel, and they're going all over the place. Um, that was really fun to, to watch, the, the exchange of how those guys knew when to go black, when to go red. Uh, what the, I want to know handling, more. I guess. It's all handling. handling. I want to know more about how that actually works, if it's the driver knows it or somebody in the pits knows it or somebody watching the video knows it or everybody knows it right away. Well, the driver is going by feel. and Yeah. The guys in the pit box are seeing time so that's right um so they, there was a lot of discussion on on tires uh even the people who you know as a newbie there sitting in the in the press room there was people representing honda and people representing um the the circuit um ntt they're all wearing their own shirts and everything and they're they, they're the week in and week out but from my observation even those people were asking about 
a lot of tire changes. So to me, it if it, if it happened that much all the time, maybe they wouldn't have asked as much because it was a very routine thing. But it seemed to me from listening that they were just... It was probably the, the damp uh, morning air and then the start at 12.30. How sunny was it going to be? How hot was the, temp- the track going to be? Mm-hmm. So it was rolling the dice on what tires they wanted to start on, I guess. Plus you've got, of course, it's it's Laguna Seca. So you've got that track with the corkscrew and it's a very famous track for a lot of a lot of reasons, right? Well, yeah, you don't <clears throat> want to spin out anywhere, though. <laughs> no, no, you don't. It doesn't matter about the track, but yeah. Yeah. The uh, So of other interest to me is, and maybe you have knowledge about this, Bruce, is that it was, um, you know, a 95-lap race, right? And it took a little over two hours. Average speed, 104 miles an hour. And you and I talked about this, and I thought about it. You were... You made a comment once that I hadn't thought about that maybe Indy 500 is the Indy 500, but maybe it's too long. You made that comment once. And not that they're ever going to change it, but I thought to entice the public, maybe the shorter distance races, which is the majority except for one of the races, right? It's two hours and there's never a dull moment. They're required to make three pit stops, I believe. And some guys who were having, you know, mechanical problems made four and five pit stops. But the winner and all the top ten guys made three pits. And they talked about there was there were 27 positions in the pit that they said it was it was like stopping into a closet. They had really had tight uh, spaces to get in and out of the pits at Laguna Seca. And I thought, well, now I get this. Now it's a 200-mile race, 213-mile race. It's over in a little bit more than two hours. There was one yellow flag. Um, and so you're watching on TV and you can watch for two hours. Maybe you can't, what does, what does Indy take? Four hours? I don't know. Indy 500's four hour event. Depends on the rain delays yeah, and yeah, yellow all that. So you're there, on, you're watching stuff. TV all day long, right? breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> yeah, but if you're a fan, you're a fan. I'm just thinking that it's the same thing that other sports are going through, that maybe shorter is, is better. You know, the attention span is on people in today's world is pretty short. Well, I'm when I'm my observation is when you're there at the track, the races are too short. Yes, but when you're watching on TV, the races are too long. You get burned out with all that watching the commercials, right? And you want to move on with whatever else you're doing that day. Good point. So it's different. It's a different experience. Yeah, so if you're at the track, you've spent the money to buy a ticket, you, you're you buying food, you're, yeah. you're having a Time beer Yeah, time you go too. to the hot dog stand, you miss 20 laps. Right. So that's interesting how, <clears throat> again, as a, as a casual observer, um, seeing how they've tailored uh, these events. I'm not sure if all the, what the other distances of the other events are other than Indy, but I'm sure that they're in the same ballpark of, of distance. Um, how long does a road road course must be street course must be slower? I'm thinking. I've never really thought about it. I guess. Yeah. Um, all, all I know is NASCAR and the 500s are pretty long, and then they have the uh, 600 once a year. And right. That's definitely too long. Yeah. Um, I'd go back. I mean, I, I they signed a three year contract, and I was thinking I I'd like to report on this again if I had the chance to do it again. Um, I forgot what the tickets cost, but it's pretty reasonable. Extraordinarily well-orchestrated parking situation. Guys telling you where to go. 
Uh, I went in on the on Laguna Seca. You went in on uh, General Jim Moore Drive, the back sure. way, not in the front entrance at all. They wind you through there, and there's people telling you, I mean, in a good way, telling you where to go. You know, wh- wh- where do you want to go? Where's your ticket? I mean, I, it was very well organized, and I thought, well, now I see at least at Laguna Seca why it's it's popular. And in the spring, it's all green, right? It looks like grass. It's you know, it's cut cut weeds actually, but it looks like a green grassy hills. It's right. So a dry right now. And big big thumbs up for people who are considering going. Are you going to have your your new vehicles? By I then? hope so. Yeah, and, I have uh, a new truck and <clears throat> fifth wheel. Yeah, you could get there on Thursday and have a relax. Well, I guess that everybody's there on Thursday, but the event start on Friday with practice runs and. You know, you can watch it or as much or as little as you want. And then NBC involved, they, they had, boy, they had uh, uh, Mario Andretti was there. A.J. Foyt was there um, saying hello. And this uh, star of um, Alfonso Rivera, uh, Alfonso, he's, a, he's some sort of an actor, I'm sorry. He plays at the AT&T. Rivaldo Rivera? Rivaldo <laughs> Rivera. I should know his name. But he sang the national anthem, and he, he's a race car driver himself. He was there, and people knew who he was. And so they had they, the, the pomp and circumstance, if you will, was pretty entertaining. I, mm, I, yeah. I, no, it's, yeah. It's, it was fun. Um, so the, the, the other thing that I was interested in is they brought riders, pardon me, riders, Drivers, what what am I doing? Drivers, uh, <laughs> Were you watching the polo ponies or yeah, something? Yeah, right. I'm used to bicycle racing. Sorry, uh, they brought the drivers in all three days I was there, and there wasn't a guy who didn't have an articulate way of answering questions, who didn't have a smile on his face. They all got along. I mean, maybe behind the scenes. They they don't get along, but when the questions were asked, they guys were teasing each other, but all in a good way. And afterwards, they left the media area, and there were people outside signing autographs. Happy to meet your acquaintance. You know, people were coming. I thought, well, this is what other sports can learn: that if you can have the public somehow part of the sport, um, well, no wonder it's popular. You know. Um, you can't go on them. They were in their driver's suits. They were in their driver's suits. And if they didn't have those, they would have been in suit and ties, it sounds like, with uh, with their best manners. Kind of, yeah. I mean, I, you can't go in the NBA. You can't go in the NFL huddle, right? You can't go on center court of the NBA game, or you can't go in the ballpark and be on the field when the game's playing. But this is about as pretty close as it gets. You can you can be among those guys and... Well, they got to be really be ambassadors for their sponsors. I mean, the sponsors are putting up big bucks. So yes. These guys have to be pretty polite. I mean, not all the time, not when they're racing, right? The, right. They get uh, heated moments and showing passion. That's a good thing, too. Yeah. But when they're in this this media-type mode, they got to be nice. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, going back to Colton Herta, I read this story um, – that I asked him about, I guess he, it was a practice run at Indy and the Penske team came around three abreast and they were using it as a photo shoot and he had to go around these cars and it was a crash 
and nobody really got hurt, and the car was okay. But when he was done, he went over and spoke his piece. And, you know, I asked him about it, and I, as you maybe will have the tape later, but I asked him if it was already water under the bridge, and he'd forgotten about it. And he said, yeah, it's long gone now, but, and then he explained that he does have a temper. And he said, as long as the temper doesn't affect me while I'm driving, um, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. He said, and then his dad, I read a story about his dad who didn't have the same temperament that he said, sometimes his son surprises him that his, his son is a little, uh, as a, as a driver is a little bit hotter than he was. Um, and he didn't say it's a bad thing. He just said that they were, they were different, a little bit different than that. And that was also of interest like father, like son, except for temper, you know, temper. Um, so he's known for that, I guess, a little bit. But as you said, in front of the media, or uh, he just seemed like he had a, a blood pressure of zero. He just seemed very calm and collected. And there, oh, there was one uh, funny thing that he was uh, up by five or six seconds in the in the last few laps, and you know, obviously on his way to win the race, and there was something on the track. And uh, NBC caught it, and they didn't know what it was. It was a piece of metal, or what was it? Well, it turned out it was a squirrel or a rabbit. And people asked, uh, but, oh, by the way, Colton, and, um, three laps to go, or whatever it was, um, you hit something on the track. And he, and he is like a switch turned, and he went into comedian mode. He said, well, it was a bunny, and he won the race with me. He came along with me. <laughs> oh, jeez. It was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> so. good. It was it was pretty, and the, the the whole audience busted up. I'm sure animal rights. He did say, "Well, I'm sorry, but you know, nothing much I could do." So, yeah, the rabbit came along with me for the for the win, um, which was in the moment it was pretty damn funny. <laughs> that is good. Yeah. So, um, what else should we talk about Indy cars, uh, Bruce? I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Long Beach. What this guy does, I'll follow it, and it'll be on NBC if I can break away from whatever we have going on that weekend. It'll be fun to see, you know, what he does on a street Yeah, I'm going to watch it this time. Yeah, I'd like to see how he does. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, Bruce, anything else from the indie world that you could come up with? Uh, remember our, our local guy, Gary Gerald. I wanted to mention Gary used to do that. Uh, he's an announcer at Indy yes, 500 for our, our kind of hometown guy. He did guy. motorsports because he did drag racing as well. Yeah, so... I'll send a text or an email to Gary that says, "Hey Gary, I went back and uh, thinking about you when you when you were in the pits at Indy for all those years. It was fun to always watch him." So, well, I guess that's it for another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. Um, thank Bruce for uh, being the co-host as always. Please visit the site, theweeklydriver.com. Listen to our podcast; they're all archived on the site. And if you like what we do. Uh, consider supporting us by buying us a cup of coffee. Uh, Until next week, talk to you later. See you next week.